This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Jim? Yes, sir. I'm supposed to say Cam? Cam? Oh, hi. It's Tuesday. It is Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Best day of the month. Two for Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Best day of the Tuesday month. Tuesday movie night special. Well, we're just going to get right into it here. You might have won two points, but you got one, but it's still Tuesday. It's still Tuesday. It's always, there's always, you know <laughs> what the thing the, about? Didn't get all the points Tuesday. Think about, think about life, Jim. There's always another Tuesday around the corner. The, Tuesday is always going to be coming back. The thing about life is, and Tuesdays, is it's not Monday. <laughs> Wednesdays, only Six days. Wednesday's hump days. day. You made it halfway. We still got it's glass half full, glass half empty. Best part about Wednesday. But the best part about Monday is tomorrow's Tuesday. Yeah, Monday sucks, but tomorrow is terrific Tuesday. Never, never play hockey games on Monday. No, no, it doesn't doesn't add up well. Good. Uh, Of course, Winnipeg Jets losing three two last night to the San Jose Sharks in OT, letting um, uh, Tomash Hurdle scoring with eleven seconds left in that game. Face-offs, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into the power play. Neil, Neil's already all over this, 204 780 Good job on the Tomash, 68, by the 68. way. There was a, I practice a, this stuff. I, I, I mean, I'm a sports uh, anchor in the morning. A Czechoslovakian player uh, for the Kootenai Ice when I was covering them named Tomas Plehal, mm-hmm. and he was adamant. It's not Thomas. It's not Tomas. It's Tomash. Yeah. Plehal. Plehal. And he, ironically, drafted by the Sharks and played a couple games for him. Oh, wow. Anyway. Tomash. Tomash. I, was, I appreciate the Tomash. Everyone says Thomas Hurdle. It's well, Tomash Hurdle. It's Tomash. I know. That's why I said it the right way. Well done. Come I think, I think you're trying to give me a compliment here, but I am. Um, uh, Neil text the show 204. We're going to get to all kinds of text messages, guys. If you want to text, we got lots of time for you guys today. 204 780 6868. Very disappointed in the Jets' play on power play. Continue to pass. And no, well, he swears there, Neil. And they, <laughs> they are snake bit around the net last night. That one from Neil. Um, yeah, it was it was several aspects of that game that I, do, I don't think. Like, I, I can't sit here, Jim. Like, there are games when myself as a fan of the Winnipeg Jets, I don't dance around. I don't pretend like I'm not. Where I'm like at the end of the game, I'm just upset. Like, I'm just like uh, upset. The game against Colorado. The game recently against the uh, the Islanders and the one against the against the Oilers on Friday, I was not pleased at all. While there was certainly some aspects of last night's game, i.e., the face-off dot, i.e., power play, um, I, I I didn't th- I think I thought David Riddick was okay. That first goal he lets in, I mean, come on, you got to pounce on the puck there, like. Bad rebound, you got to jump on it, and it leads to you know mayhem, and it ends up in the back of the Jets' net. While I look at that sort of stuff, I can't. I was not upset after the game because the Winnipeg Jets were in control of that hockey game for a vast majority of it. I thought it was a little slow in the first period. I thought they had control of the game, but they just didn't have any finish. There wasn't really any big chances in the first period. A couple here, a couple there. The Jets just didn't have any finish, or they missed the net. That's another problem that's been ongoing throughout the year. The, the, the Jets' inability to to hit the cage um but as the game went on i thought the jets got better and better um and then it all came crashing down with uh, 11 seconds to go and and those problems where they couldn't score on the power play and i i, I understand nate schmidt 
uh, scored with whatever four seconds off of the sixth power play. You know, the second unit power play unit was still there. So I don't know. It's it's not a power play goal. Um, it definitely doesn't count as a power play goal, but you can you can make the argument that it was a momentum built off of a power play. So I I'll, I'll give you that one. But the power play needed to be much more effective than it was last night. It's awful. much more. It's awful. It has collapsed. And and you got a great tweet from from Christian. I, I think you I think you have it. Um, and I'll, I'll if you don't, I can read it out here. Well, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. if you got it, uh, I got it. Right Christian O'Malley yeah. put this together. I heard it on the post game last night, mm. and then I was going to reach out to him and go, "Can you pass that along to me?" Because <clears throat> we're going to talk about this yeah. today. And then I saw him tweet it out. So, um, yeah, this is from Christian O'Malley, of course, host of the six eighty CGOB Sports Show. Uh, from January thirteenth to the twenty first, the Winnipeg Jets scored a power play goal in five straight games. Since then, they are eight for sixty four on the power play. That's twelve point five percent. That's brutal. There are several things to fix on this team, but this is right near the top of the list for me. Uh, hashtag NHL Jets. Yeah, the Winnipeg Jets not too long ago um, was in the top 10 in the league. Yeah. Matched with a top power uh, penalty kill. They've now slid all the way down to 17th in the league with only 21%. Um, 12.5% since January 21st, I would assume, is league worst. I don't know of a power play that would be worse than 12%. And when you look at the firepower on this team, it is it's costing them games. Faceoffs and power play is costing this team games. Mm-hmm. Faceoffs from day one. Um, but you know, problem, you know what it reminded me last What's night the was that game in Dallas where Hellebuck's helmet came off. Um, they were down by two and they ended up tying it. And then Morrissey wanted an overtime. Yeah. In the last five minutes of that game in Dallas. The team lost seven straight faceoffs and gave up two goals. If they win one of those faceoffs and they gain possession of the puck for at least 40 seconds, do they tie that game, Dallas? That was the only game where they did worse on the penalty dot when Dallas won 69% of the draws. The Jets last night, law, uh, Dallas won 69% of the draws. San Jose won 68 yesterday. It was the only game that was worse on the dot. So. Like it's it's a bad thing, and and I know a lot of people dispute faceoffs, but I don't care if you're look. I care about last night's percentage because it was horrific. Dispute, how can you dispute but if you have a, if you have a game when you're forty forty two percent, that's fine. To me, in the last four or five minutes of a game, you need to win some faceoffs. And last night with the goalie pulled, they couldn't win a faceoff to save their lives. And if they do, I like my inbox, of course, because the way I speak of Wheeler was inundated with it was Wheeler's fault. Wheeler iced the puck. Wheeler did this. Look, Blake Wheeler was by far not the worst jet on the ice last night. And for everybody who, and I don't want to get into a Wheeler thing here, but he's 30, <laughs> he's 36 years old and he's fine. Yeah. Is he dynamic 90 point player? He was? No. But every time they lose, I get inundated with Wheeler was sucked last night. Wheeler was laboring. Wheeler this. Where was 55? Where was 27? Where was 81? Where was 80? Yeah. Like, these are guys in the prime of their career. And we want to blame Wheeler for last night. Wheeler had an assist, played 17 minutes on the ice. And when he iced that puck, I know most coaches say when you get the puck on a six on five, if you cannot skate it out... And you're going to ice it anyway, try to put it on net. If you're going to ice it anyway, you might as well try to put it on net. Mm-hmm. 
And there was a defenseman leaving the zone to try and grab the puck if he put it off the boards, which he would have got at center and gone right back in and there would have been no change. So the icing to me isn't the problem. The problem is he couldn't win a faceoff, so it doesn't have to be iced. It's a good point. I mean, we're always chasing our tail here when we want to blame certain players. Win a faceoff. Win two faceoffs in the last five minutes. And you, they're probably not in the zone that long. This this was the, one of the biggest misses, I think, when, you know, even Kelly Moore talked about this. Uh, he put that out on Twitter um, when Nemest, uh, Vladislav Nemestikov was picked up by the Winnipeg Jets with a 38 or something percent on the faceoff. Kelly even said, like, well, that's not going to help the Winnipeg Jets uh, in the faceoff. That they don't have anybody, Jim. I looked at the guys all over two, uh, 250 draws on this team so far this year. Mark Scheifele's at 47.7%. How many big draws has he lost? This year. Well, again, 47, like if you're between 48 and 52, that's kind of league average as far as I know. So 47 isn't, but it's in the last five minutes, what is the percentage? Yeah. In the last two minutes, when the other team has a goalie pulled and you have a, I was watching against the Oilers on Saturday, Kevin Stenlin was taking the faceoffs on the right dot and not the left because he's really good at the right dot, not the left. Lowry was taking the ones on the left. Stenlin won two face-offs and got off. Like your fourth-line center you called up from the Moose is on the ice with two minutes to go to win a face-off and then just getting right off. So to me, like, yes, the team, it's something that has been plaguing this team mm-hmm. all year. But in the last two to three minutes, I cannot emphasize this enough. If you lose five straight face-offs in the last five minutes of a game or seven like they did in Dallas, if you win one of those you're probably not ended up tied. Jets 25th in the league uh, on the face-off dial at 48.2%. This is a problem I didn't really foresee happening this year, though, Jim, in terms of face-offs. I, I, I just didn't I didn't see this as something that they were going to struggle with over the course of the season. I, I didn't, and, it, well, and it's, I, it's I, been a constant look, conversation. Shifley has had issues with face-offs. I, Lowry has not. No. Um, and then Dubois, I think Dubois is, I've always, I, I don't think he's a dynamic 58% faceoff yeah. guy, but I think he's always been fair enough. So, um, but is it how many, how many key draws is Adam Lowry having to go out there against the other team's best faceoff here, guy? Sorry, here we go. Here we go. Instead of defending Wheeler constantly, why don't you ask why your 36 year old dinosaur on the ice when <laughs> 55, 27, 81 are on the bench? I'll tell you why. Look at the percentages. It's because he's the same reason he's on the penalty kill and 55, 27, and 81 are not on the penalty kill. Because he's good at it. Like, I'm not, this isn't a defense all the time. It's an actual looking at the facts and the stats. You don't want him to play anymore. He's playing two minutes and 33 seconds less of ice time. Less ice time over two and a half minutes than last year. And he's producing at the same clip. So where are your other guys who are taking his ice time? Where are they? This one from Fraser. They need a goal last night. They needed a goal. They needed the power play to get one. He's on the second power play unit last night. It's so hesitant. This is what's going on. So where's the number one power play that Wheeler wasn't even on last night? 0 for 6. And you you always want to blame Wheeler. And then people say, I'm defending him. I'm not defending him. I'm just giving you facts. I felt like if Nino Niederreiter wasn't wasn't in front of the net last night, no one was. That's that's yeah, the way well, I felt. Look, like I mean, Jim, it's it's it's. I mean, we're going to get into the power play. We got so many text messages. We're going to get through a couple of these, but to it, your the, to power, point, the power play is so hesitant. And you know what? Here's the thing: is we were talking about this before the show, but it's a good point. You brought this up. Um, 
about the you know the best players on this team. Where where where's the multi point efforts? Where's Nick Ehlers coming out and getting three points in one night? Where's Cal Connors getting three points in one night? Where's where's Mark Shifley been? PLD, all the guys that are paid to put up big to put up the numbers. These are the guys and, and, and they're on this team. I love the that. only guy, Josh Morrissey's the only one going out there. He's been by far the most consistent player on this team. I, I love by what you're far. doing here. I love what you're doing here. It's not a defense of Wheeler. You want to blame Wheeler? Fair enough. But who do you expect more from? 36-year-old Blake Wheeler. See, these people that hate Blake Wheeler. Or 28-year-old, 29-year-old. They don't expect anything of him. Mark Shifley. And they want to blame him for everything. Nick Ehlers in the prime of his career. Kyle Connor in the prime of his career. Eight years younger. More skilled. At this age, can get up and down the ice more. Why? Where are they? They're making $6 million a year. One's making 7.2. They need a goal. And you want to blame Blake Wheeler for not getting a goal last night? He got an assist. We'll come back. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll come back. And you know what? And, and at the bottom of this, James Reimer was very, very good last night. There's there's no a way around that. But the Winnipeg Jets have to find a way to, to, well, to, to turn point, control of that game into into, into goals. Nito Niederreiter has been here for four games. He has three points. Yeah. He's been great. He's been really, really good. I, I just I, – I, I can't emphasize this enough – the top line in Tampa Bay got benched the other night for a period. A year ago, Nikita Kucherov got benched for an entire third period. Mm-hmm. John Cooper said there's a standard here, and those guys 99.9% of the time set the standard, but the standard is for everyone. And that's why those guys didn't play in the third period, our number one line. Now, that's easy to do when you got two cups. But if you're looking for Blake Wheeler to be the difference maker on this team and not holding the other four I just mentioned in the top six accountable, I I would like them all to be accountable, including Wheeler. Mm -hmm. This is a dynamic top six, and the power play is 12.5% since January 21st. It's it's too talented and skilled to not be scoring. There's There's just hesitancy. There's, There's hesitancy there. Yeah, and it's when when they're having success, they're they're putting the puck on the net, and they're getting guys in the front, and it's just not happening. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll check your weather. We'll check the Boston Pizza Sports Desk. We got tons of text messages. Everybody's fired up. Um, it wasn't a bad effort by the Winnipeg Jets. They did good enough, and they should have won that game, but they didn't. It's, things are piling up, and they, it's a very very important point. And how important does tomorrow against Minnesota become? Enormous. It's enormous. I'll, I got another stat for you over the next five games okay. compared to Calgary. We'll come back with it after 1230. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Hello, Sarah. How are you doing? Hello. I'm not too bad. The one-minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. That was a good one. It was. So how's life? What, what, what's up with Sarah? It's okay. Some yeah. tough times right now, but everyone goes through it. But Yeah, you know what? Yeah. You got a smile on your face always, Sarah. How can you I always not with s- you two? <laughs> Wow. It's always a, there's always a spring in your step. Exactly, Sarah. And a smile on your face. Mm-hmm. It's Tuesday, Sarah. Happy it is. Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. You going for Taco Tuesday? Well, I got it now. Tequila I took soup Tuesday? Out, but, oh. Soup. You can freeze that again. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Soup. It's not Soup Tuesday. Yes. Maybe it should be. <laughs> soup Tuesday? Soup Tuesday? Soup Tuesday. Soup every day. Sounds like maybe something Soup Saturday or Soup Sunday. I grew mm. up in a big soup household, by the way. I don't know if people yeah. know this about me. Like, huge soup household. Constant soup. Constant. What's your favorite soup? Yeah. Uh, well, mostly how to write soups. Okay. I grew up with those. Okay. Like dumplings and mm. uh, strunkel and uh, borscht and canadal and... 
uh, Gashtel, if people are listening that are from the, our wonderful Hutterite community here in Manitoba, they mm-hmm. are have their mouths watering right now. Uh, my mother-in-law makes a fantastic cream of mushroom, I as like well as kreplach. Some people which hate I'm a big on fan cream of mushroom. People hate uh, on well, they don't know what they're talking about. I know. They don't know what they're talking about. Who's your favorite soup, Sarah? I like a wild rice. Oh, rice. that's a that's mm-hmm. a fantastic. Ooh, I don't mind that. That's, oh, that's a, a sneaky one. I like a, a sneaky one is beef barley too. The beef barley is yep. great, but I'm that's not one a. I have out. I'm not a dynamic fancy super. Some chicken noodle, oh, beef yeah. barley. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with chicken noodle? Well, you know, some people like the borscht, or or they like they see, like some see, kind of tomato basil with a hint of mint. Not me. <laughs> okay, so like when I say borscht, I'm talking about Hutterite borscht, which is cabbage. It's cabbage mm-hmm. and tomatoes. It's not, there's no beets. Some people put beets in it, but I, I just don't agree with that. It's all good to me. Um, so anyways, thank you very much, Sarah. Yes, not not hating you. on Ukrainian borscht, though. <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm definitely a fan. Thanks a lot, Sarah. Happy Tuesday. The more you know. Sarah's the a more you fan. know. Yeah, the on the one-minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. Tuck that in your back pocket for when uh, Sarah McCarthy trivia. I can always do it better season. on a Tuesday. It sounds it, it, better. It does always the sound better. The one-minute power play. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Jim, let me just uh, fire through a couple of these, and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get your thoughts on them. Uh, Cam and Jim, stop sugarcoating this team. Once again, they lose to a team completely out of the playoff picture. 0 for 6 on the power play, 32% in the faceoff dot, 0% in the last two minutes with the opposing net. Face it, they're done. Bonus is magic is worn off. Chevy can't see the forest for the trees. That one from Fraser. Uh, Fraser, not in a happy place. Uh, this one, 55, uh, needs to be better in the dot, period. He can't slash should be a game breaker, and that's where we need him most um, or someone else who can. Uh, this one. Once the Jets get into the playoffs, knock on wood, it should help that the lower 16 teams aren't included as they've been the teams often beating them. Uh, great text. Uh, can't blame- so they're going to go on a run. Yeah, they're going to go on a run. Uh, one, uh, I can't blame one guy. This is a team issue besides a coach. Nothing has changed. This is the same inconsistent team falling back on old habits. That's difficult to argue. And this one from Louie. Hey, gents. Uh, PP was brutal, as you have mentioned, but why do we not have our PK guys on the ice in the last minute, number two in the league, at last I checked. It might be different now. Um, on the ice in the last minute of a one-goal game. Now, Louis' logic is very sound, but you want your best shooters out there uh, in situations like that. It's not a penalty kill, a six-on-five. Yeah. It's. I mean, do you want to defend till the clock runs out, or do you want to defend and get an and, empty and, and the game? Like yeah. it's. Yeah. That, so when, when you exit do. the zone, that's why they're out there mm-hmm. is because they need to put it in the empty net. And I'm not saying. I, I mean. All you have to do is look at how penalty killers kill penalties. When they get this, they dump it and they go off. Like, mm-hmm. you want your skilled guys out there. By the way, Blake Wheeler's on the penalty kill, and it's second in the league. Yeah. So there's a reason why he's out there at the end. Um, Shifley doesn't kill penalties. No. But six neither on does, five, because Lailers. he's a skilled guy. Like, so... Um, this here's, is, here's this ominous stat, by the okay, way. Okay, don't. Uh-oh. And this is why, for uh-oh. people who think we sugarcoat things, which is always bizarre to me, because we sit here. I think yesterday we were like, "Well, this is bad. This is the." But that's fine. Here's an ominous fact for those people who don't like sugarcoating. Uh, with the Flames, within this is from Darren Hayes, who covers the Flames. I saw this last night. Good guy. When the Flames with six points, they're within six points of the Jets. The next ten days heading up to St. Patty's Day could be real interesting. Winnipeg's next five games are home to Minnesota, at Florida, at Tampa Bay, at Carolina, and then home to Boston. Mm-hmm. K 
Calgary's next five games are at Minnesota versus Anaheim versus Ottawa at Arizona and then at Vegas. So they're six points behind. And if you look at this schedule, it's a lot easier for Calgary. Um, so those these next five games are like in my mind, Winnipeg needs to beat Minnesota tomorrow. They need to beat Florida on Saturday. Mm. Then you roll the dice with Tampa on Sunday, and then you got Carolina and Boston. You you have to get two wins and whatever other points you can out of this next five games because Calgary's got Minnesota, so fair enough. But mm-hmm. then Arizona, Ottawa, Anaheim. Minnesota <laughs> easily took care of the Jets twice earlier this year. Minnesota easily took care of the Flames on Saturday. They shut them out 3 nothing. They've been winning. Uh, the Minnesota Wild right now, over their last nine games, they're 8-0-1. And six of those games have been one goal games where they've just and they lost it with a one goal game. So they're they're winning games right now real tight with not big scoring, but they're they're able to grind games their, out. Their defensive game is is right up there on yeah. par with the best. And they're not scoring a ton of goals. No. They're just it's the Jets who we just couldn't score yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I give Reimer a lot of credit for that. But this team we know the record. When they score three goals or more, they win. I think they have two losses when they've scored three goals or more. When they score Two or less, they lose. They scored two yesterday. Got to get the puck in the net. Uh, Kelly Mort uh, just tweeting this out. He's at practice. Uh, Winnipeg Jets practice has started at noon today. Vlad Nemisnikov working with the Winnipeg Jets' number one power play unit to start practice. But that could be just uh, as a fill-in with PLD, not on the ice, presumably for a maintenance day. Interesting, though, is Shifley and Connor swapping sides, a byproduct of a bumpy 0 for 6 uh, versus the San Jose Sharks. Um, on, on the topic of of, of Kyle Connor, and, and this was something that I've noticed over the last little bit. Um, at the beginning of the year, he wasn't scoring at a at at a at an incredible clip. Like he was still picking up assists here and there, but he, he it took him a long time for him to really really start rolling. I thought during that time in the beginning of the year, he was playing fantastic hockey. He was being, he was awesome, but it wasn't scoring. And there was sort of a calmness, a coolness amongst his game where there was an understanding that the chances were coming. And he even said this in post game and, and around practice that he felt like the goals were going to start coming. And they eventually did. I don't necessarily feel that way right now about, about Kyle Connor. I'm not, I'm not sensing that calmness, that, that sort of confidence that eventually the puck is going to start going in for him. And he's picking up points. He's, he's a, you know, he's still a point per game player here. I mean, uh, I mean, over the last, I mean, I, I got the, I got the stat right here. Um, I mean, he's got 69 points uh, so far this season. I mean, that's, that, that, that's pretty dang good. He's leading the team in, in 64 games, but I, I just don't sense that Jim. I, I'm just not sensing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay, all right. Um, well, uh, I mean, say that again, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, well, just I'm not sensing that sort of confidence from Blake Wheeler that I saw in the beginning of the year. No, you know who doesn't look confident in my mind is Kyle Connor. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and uh, sorry, I thought you said Blake Wheeler there. Oh, That's oh. why I was a little... Oh, okay. Flat. Yeah, so, but no, I, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, you made that great point. Yeah. Um, you're right. Like when he, he wasn't scoring, he looked like he was dangerous and dynamic. <laughs> Thanks for listening to me, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to read this text here. No, but when, when you, I knew you were going to make that point too. I told you I was going to make yes. it as a break. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
We're being too positive right. here. Yeah, you know what? We're just you're, you're, you're right, together. but there's but that's the thing yeah. about confidence, right? Like mm-hmm. he wasn't scoring, and we all knew he would, and now he's scoring. Like he's he got another point. No, he didn't get. Yeah, he got a point last night. Yeah, he got he? an assist. Yeah, he, did. he got an assist in the night before against mm-hmm. Edmonton. And um, I had this conversation with one of the listeners, Kyle, who's like, "You never harp on Kyle Connor, and you never you just harp on Ehlers." I'm like. I scored just, against LA. I just said yesterday, Kyle Connor, although he's putting up and contributing a point a game, does not has not played well in about three weeks in my mind. Mm. Um, he's he's not he doesn't have that usual whip to it. He doesn't have that usual dynamic, um, like he's getting shots yeah. off and they're not. And the power play and, and Christian and Kelly and uh, Dwayne made this comment on the post game show last night too. But they're just so trying. It's like line A again. Yeah, they're just so trying to feed Connor all the time that it's just an easy scouting report. Yeah, like just make it show Kyle Connor can't get the puck to shoot, and now they get it. He gets it, but he doesn't have a shot. So something else has to open up. Yeah. When, something when, else has to work. When Kyle Connor is moving, there's only one guy on the ice that skates and moves just like he does. And I just haven't I haven't seen that. This is another point I wanted to make when I was looking here. Um, Nick Ehlers, and this has been this has been an ongoing uh, what we've been talking about it throughout yesterday and today in terms of his his ice time and his, and his and his lack of ice time and what's going on with Nick Ehlers. And I and I and I just pulled this up in terms of his shooting percentage this season. Um, his shooting percentage is 5.9%. That is the lowest it's been since in his entire career and lower than his rookie year back in 2015, 2016, when he was at 8.98%. Um, he's usually around 12 to 13% shooting, and he's he's half of that right now. Yeah. Again, I, I, it's not a defense of Blake Wheeler. I just, I don't see. Fair enough, Blake Wheeler's not as dynamic as he used to be, and he's not contributing the ninety-point pace that he once did, or, or, or whatever. Fair enough. That's more than fair. I'm not arguing that he is. What I'm arguing is that if that's where he's at, stop looking to him for everything. Start looking to the guys who are in their prime of their careers and are the best players on this team, mm-hmm. and they're not contributing. Because all what I see is Blake's contributing. He plays 17 minutes a night. I, I There are guys who are playing 20. The, guy, the only guy who's been consistently contributing throughout this entire season, in my mind, is Josh Morrissey. Mm-hmm. He's been the, by far the most consistent. Night in, night out, he's there. And even when they're not scoring, like in Edmonton, he's frustrated and he's fighting it and all that. And I'm not, I'm not sort of trying to lay blame. Like we're trying to figure this out, right? Yeah. Like I'm sure the team is too. But this 12.5 percent on the power play since January 21st is, it's astounding to me. Yeah, this team is too skilled for that. Uh, we had a texture said, uh, was that around the time that Brad Lahr went down on IR with his back? I think it was around the same time. But I'm, but I'm uh, yeah, sure Brad Lauer is. You know what? It was it was, was a similar situation with with uh, Jamie Compon last year when the PK was just atrocious, and then he came back and it and it sort of started to right the ship a little bit. I wonder if there's anything to do with that. I'm, I'm sure Brad's in constant contact, watching video. Oh yeah, like just because he wasn't staff. at the games, he has yeah. a bad back. He was still doing video and stuff like that. But um, Th- this texture says this is what it yeah. is to me. Like teams have figured it out. And and hockey's harder the last thirty games of the year. See, but it's year. like and so that's it, like it's, the, it's but it's week. so easy, Jim, because it's like you have the you have other guys and weapons on that power play. Yes, use them. That's what I I think they need to design something else where Kyle Connor's the feeder. Like 
the shots that came off the power play last night came from the bumper position. Mm-hmm. Use that more. Yeah. Use the bumper position more. When they scored and when they got opportunities, they didn't score on the power play yesterday, but when they got the opportunities and the shots, it came from the bumper position. So use that more, in my opinion. But like it's it's um the one thing that I see consistent over the years is that when the hockey gets harder, when it's 20 games to go, 25 games. You need people to step up. You need to take your own game to another level. Mm-hmm. You need to stay within the team game and the system, but you because it gets harder, right? It gets there's people fighting for playoff position. There's people fighting to get into the playoffs. And as we saw last night, there's just a team like James Reimer last night was phenomenal. He was great. And even when he's been good before, I've never seen him play that good. And what he said post-game was from a story in the San Jose Mercury, I believe, where he thought he was going to get dealt to a contender. Mm-hmm. And when he wasn't, like, pride stepped in. Yeah. And, and he's, he's like, look, he's his I, home, in his home he, province. he said that in his post-game. He said, look, like, whatever it is, I'm here. And I'm happy to be here. And I love this game. I love to play this game. So it doesn't matter what my situation is. I want to be at my best to do this. So he's back home. He's in front of family and friends. He didn't get – there wasn't a contender that said, I need to show up my goaltending. I'll grab him yeah. for next to nothing. And Pride said in a bit, I would like to see that with the Jets. Yeah. I would like to see the Jets sort of go power play face off. We can go yeah. over it. We can yeah. debate Wheeler's usage. We can debate why the, the young guys aren't scoring. We can debate defense. We can talk about whether Riddick should have started all – we can do all of that. But to me, with 20 to 25 games to go – Elevate your game. You remember at the get be- better. You remember at the beginning of the year, Jim, when we had uh, Nate Schmidt and Neil Pionk on the show. Yeah, and Pionk just said, "You know what? Last year we were humiliated. We were embarrassed. You know, but it's just like, are 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 we seeing this team respond properly? Yeah, to, to what has been humbling defeats. And, I, and I'm not going to say, um. I, I, I would not class yesterday as a humbling defeat. I thought the Winnipeg Jets were no, deserving. Like of they got win. goalie. But, like but I don't want to. I don't want to sugarcoat it because of the power play and the faceoff. But they got goalie. They did get goalie. But Jim, we've the Islanders game, the Colorado game, yes. the, the games Those against games Edmonton. They did not get goalie. Right. They and just didn't show up. They didn't show up. And that's my point. I'm fine with that in Philadelphia before the All Star break. I'm not fine with it, but whatever it happens, it, it may, it, you can understand. There's five it. games a year; every team's not going to show up. Boston lost three games in a row this year once. Like it happens. What I'm not fine with is the response games. the The Colorado runs you out of the building. The Islanders come to town. Where are you? Like, where's the elevation? Where's that? And I'm not. I, I I've interviewed these guys over the years. They have pride. They have. Absolutely, they but do. teams elevate themselves. Look at the teams that have gone on a run. Look at Minnesota. It just it's it's like, and you can look at Calgary, but Calgary's got two major pieces that are different. Everything else, like I just, this is a core at this point that I would like to you know just get a little more from. And they took the captaincy off the guy that took it way too seriously, which I was, I think that was a burden on him and, and it fine. Was, it was. But then where's everybody else? And other than Josh Morrissey, who looks at a crowd and says, get the F up because I believe in this team and let's go. Where is that from everybody else? Nita Ryder's doing it and he's new. And the fans are loving him right Lowry now. Lowry does it. You want to grab him in a line and grab me. And I'm, I don't know Lowry it's, was awful in the face-off circle, but I'm just like, 
with but this we schedule, to- somebody, everybody go, I'm going to pick my own game up, and I'm not going to let this happen, and let's play some hockey. The fans want to see a gym. Nino has had, he's been going out there, he's been playing with fire. It's been three games, and the crowd, we got to go to break, and the crowd is chanting his name. They want to see that level of passion. They're not seeing it. Yeah. And you know what? The guy's got to step up with Josh Morrissey. That's just a fact. And you know what? They played pretty dang good yesterday. They got goalie. The power play let him down. The faceoff let him down. But this is a symptom of what's been happening over the last week. So over the so last six night, games, Minnesota. they've had three awful turnouts. Three games where they stunk. And the other two games, they let in five goals against against the Oilers, which was a great hockey game. They gave up five goals, and they gave up five goals against L.A. too. Saturday, they willed themselves to a win. They were up 2-1. They real quick were down 3-2, and we all said, uh-oh, and then they got two goals, and they willed themselves. Yes. Then they got another goal, and then they gave up a goal, and they fought, and they battled, and they got themselves a win. They've got to do that for the next 18 games. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.